You are now listening to Black Guy Therapy, a therapeutic podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. This is Black Guy Therapy. This is the inaugural uh, episode of Black Guy Therapy. My name is Todd. I am one of the, uh, what do what, what do I call myself at this point? Yeah, am you, I a, a co-creator yeah, of a podcast? Are, you are the creator, you're the founder, you're the CEO. Man, I don't know if I'm all that, but anyway, I'm Todd and I'm, I, I helped do this podcast, um, but I'm here with my, my player partner, uh, I'd say my my partner in power because we don't do crime. <laughs> we partner in power. That's right. Um, uh, Joel. Yes, sir. And we are here to talk about us, right? This yeah. is Black Guy Therapy. This is a podcast that's dedicated solely to us black men because we are two black guys here. Um, and we are here to talk about things that we usually don't talk about with anyone else. Yeah, um, absolutely. You know, this, this, is, this is our therapy. And hopefully maybe somebody out there is going to get the same um thing from us Mm -hmm. um you know that therapeutic feeling because a lot of times and and you can you can attest to this we don't get to talk with anybody especially our friends family about the things that we go through and as black men in the world we go through a lot of things wouldn't you agree absolutely well the other challenge is even even a spouse is difficult too because there's still that lack of understanding what you go through as a man versus being a woman so it's interesting when you came to me with this concept, I fell in love with it immediately because I've seen it. I've seen it too, too often where there's just this unspoken for a group of people, lack of representation, lack of respect, all of these things that are necessary just to be considered a human being in most people's eyes. And it doesn't exist to the standard it does for other people. I agree. So being able to speak to the legitimate issues we face every day, I've not seen anything else like it. I've not heard anything else like it. But the spin on it is, it's not just complaining. It's, okay, so here's my issue with it. Here's how I intend to do something a little different. Even if even if what I'm doing different doesn't impact the entire world immediately, it's all about the ripple effect. If I can impact here and it spreads and that person impacts, now it's it just grows from there. So that's kind of why I wanted to jump on board immediately when you told me about it because I'm all about not just the, the improving other people's lives, if you can, but... Self-improvement is what I live by. I want to be better every single day. Right. Which, so which, if somebody can hear this, uh-huh. and even if it just gets their mind thinking, uh, and even if they just want to, you know, well, hey, yeah, that that affects me. Well, I never thought about it like that. Yep. You, you've, you've helped somebody. You've I, I think we've helped somebody if, Absolutely. We, if we've done that. Absolutely. And that's the goal. Uh, again, far too often we, we get caught up in, how do I make my life the best? Not how do I become the best person, but how do I make my life the best? So we chase after things, stuff, right. houses, cars, clothes, uh, the, the approval of others. If we focus more on how we can be an impact to people's lives, way more beneficial, way more beneficial. And then again, it starts the ripple effect. So you benefit here, somebody else benefits here, and it just continues to spread. And eventually it comes back. And that's when it's going to be awesome is when people start coming back. And they're like, man, you guys helped change my life, change my perspective. And specifically when it's not people of color. Hey, that is that is 100 percent true. And I hope that maybe we can do that again. This is our first episode and we're kind of uh, we're, we're swimming in uncharted waters. If you say I've never seen anything out there like this yeah. and, and we're kind of moving in, in a space that's that's undiscovered. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I'm I'm excited to see where this project is going to go. Likewise. Um, so, um, so 
for you for you guys out there listening, this is something new. So let me tell you how this podcast is going to work. Each week, we're going to talk about um, usually something specific. Um, it will usually di- uh, directly affect black men, uh, or it, it may be a, a black man adjacent story. So, right. you know, it, it affects us or it indirectly affects us. Um, we will talk about that at, at length. We'll, you know, discuss it, and, and we're going to give our opinions on it. Now, we're just two black guys, but hey, a lot of times we have the same uh, mentality and the same thinking on some things, right? Absolutely. But we would never tell anybody that. Right. And and another thing, too, uh, this isn't going to be Fox News, CNN. It won't be any of the, the, the garbage Fact, non-fact-based information right, being right, shared here. So right. you can believe and you can guarantee that if it's something that we're saying, it's either going to be fact-based or we'll preface with, this is my opinion. Exactly. This is what I think. This is how I feel. doesn't make it a truth. This is just how I feel or how I see it. So we will preface anytime we're discussing anything like that. You will not be given facts from me, and, and I trust the same with Todd. Not going to be given facts that are not true that you go and start spreading around to other people and, and there are right. these myths that exist now within the culture. I'm only giving you real things. That's all I'm giving you. And if I don't know it, I swear I will. I got a computer right here in front of me. I will look it up. Absolutely. The power of the internet. I'll harness the power of the internet. <laughs> it's good for something. Yes, it is. I mean, we can get all our real facts from there. Um, but I, I you know, we got a president who might say that some of that stuff is fake, but yeah. hey, that's neither here nor there. So. Right, right. Absolutely. And he's a topic all to himself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to leave him out of this. Yeah. I mean, there are a lot of black people who support. Mr. Absolutely. Um, There's also uh, a lot of men of color who are telling boss that other people are towing the gun line. Ooh. Yeah, that's that's tough right there. Yeah, that's a, the gun line, boss. <laughs> Doing the gun line, boss. <laughs> oh man, that was a great movie. If anybody doesn't know what we're talking about, we're referencing the movie Life. Yes, sir. Um, with uh, Martin Lawrence and Eddie Murphy. Yeah. Rest in peace, Bernie Mac. And rest in peace, Bernie Mac. I'm that baby Pappy. What do you say? I'm the dead Pappy yep. or whatever he said. <laughs> Jangalang, Jangalang. <laughs> so uh, today we're going to talk about uh, something that I think affects who. I'm going to say 99% of black men or at least a great number of black men who work, uh, who don't work for themselves. Mm -hmm. And even ones who work for themselves, I think this affects them too. And that's, um, you know, playing the game, you know, having to be one person at home Mm -hmm. and wanting to, you know, wanting to be yourself at home and and be out in the world, but then realizing that you have to go out into this, uh, how do you say, I don't know. Cartoon. Yeah, I, I don't know if I should say white world, but I mean, that's what we're dealing with. You go out yeah. into this this light-skinned world, let's yeah. just say that, and yeah. then you have to act a certain way or yeah. be a certain way. Um, a lot of people call it code switching. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, we want to talk about that. And um, Joe, I just want to ask you, yeah. you work in corporate America. I do yeah. not I don't yeah. work in corporate America, so I can't. <clears throat> and I've never worked in corporate America, right. so I, don't, I won't have I don't have an opinion, and I don't yeah. I wouldn't even know where to start. God but bless you. How how working in corporate America? How does that how does that affect you? You know, when you when you, do you have to do the code switch? Do you have to? You know, are you not yourself there, or or do you do you play another person at work and come home and you're another person? How does that work for you? So there there's always going to be a uh, a, a percentage of you that's not. 
your authentic self when you're in public, period. Anytime another human being is in your presence, you're never going to be 100% your authentic self. So let's set that bar and that precedent first. I will say this. As, as much as I try now to not be a part of the game, and I, I do make it a, an effort of mine every day to be the normal version of me when I'm at work, and for the most part it works. However, that's not how it started. So in the beginnings, because I didn't have the training, because I was always told, you want to go to college, you want to get a good job, and the jobs that were considered good jobs were the ones where predominantly the leadership, management, on up to the executive level, were white. They were light-skinned. They were light-skinned. They were light-skinned. <laughs> they were light-skinned. They were very, very light-skinned. Yes. So, okay. so, so what happens is, for me, I was like, well, if I want to get this job that's considered good, I need to be able to not just compete with the other folks out here, the other light-skinned folks that are shooing for the role. Mm -hmm. I need to act a certain way. I need to seem approachable. I need to not be the scary black guy. I can never be angry. I can never vent my frustrations. I can't disagree with somebody vehemently. I can only, you know, maybe, well, maybe we could do it this way, you know, soft shooing. Right. It was a lot of soft shooing in the beginning. It wasn't until I started to get a little older and a friend of mine who, who we got to get on the podcast one day, he's a, a serial entrepreneur, started tons of different businesses. But um, working with him, doing the speaking business we were doing at the time, we started, he created this thing called the formula, which basically, to sum it up real quick, is you always want to question yourself. And anything, any issue that happens in your life, you question yourself first. Why did this happen? What could I have done differently? Why did I behave this way? Why did I respond this way? And what happens is, you start holding yourself accountable, you realize, ah, I wasn't being my authentic self. So since I'm not being my authentic self, this is why this happened. So uh, funny enough, and then I'll shut up, uh, just today, I, I was recently moved from one group to another department. In this department, I've made it a point to be myself. And I said to my wife, to my, to my, to my inner circle, like, I will no longer go to a job and do the things that's expected of us. If I don't agree, you're going to know about it. And I'm going to preface every leader I have. I prefer transparency. I prefer to be open with our communication. If you don't like what I'm saying, let me know that. But I promise you this, you'll never have to guess what I'm thinking or feeling because I'll let you know. I've been given basically a promotion and a raise in, this, in the position I have right now by being my authentic self. So when I leave the office, I'm still the same Joel. And it, it's so refreshing. But I know that all it takes is for me being my authentic self for somebody to say I've done something to him. And everything I've built by being my authentic self could be taken away from me. That's awesome. Again, uh, for those who are just now tuning in, this is Black Guy Therapy. And I'm Todd. And you're I I'm Joel. Todd. And, and Joel is here with me. Yep. Um, and we are talking about playing the game in corporate America, um, more specifically code switching. For those who don't know what code switching is, um, I, I'd say a, a, a definition, maybe the, the Internet's definition is uh, when a person changes, um, you know, how they speak uh, based on who they are around. Yes. So um, code switching can be that. But I think also code switching is, is even could take it as far as how you act yeah, uh, around other people who, who you don't feel comfortable around and yeah. how you, um, you know, just how you move in the world around people who, who aren't yeah. in your circle. Right. Yep. 
Um, and, and I, you know, I think that's an interesting, that's an interesting, um, interesting thing that you say when you talk about, Hey, look, I wasn't my authentic self. Then I was my authentic self. And then I've, 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 I've moved a little bit further yep. just being me and I feel better about it. Yeah. So talking about me, I work in, or I work in government. Mm-hmm. So government is a lot, especially the government role that I have. It is, it is a, it's a heavy white, Oh, I'm light sorry. Skin. Heavy light skin, light skin, very very light skin, yeah. male dominated uh, roles yeah, are, are in what I do. Yep. Um, so and and you know coming out of college, I went to a predominantly white institution, um, University of Tennessee. Yep. Uh, so it's in the hills of East Tennessee. Yeah. But hey, um, it was a great school. I loved it. Go Vols and all that good stuff. But when I got my job out of college working. Uh, at, at my government job, I knew that I I could not act a certain way. Yeah. I couldn't I couldn't act like me while yeah. I was while yeah. I was there, especially in the in the beginning. Yes. Right. Yes. So and I've been there for over six years now. Wow. And, you know, I think that in the past two years, I've really been able to be my authentic self. Um, we in in. You know, and what I do is it's a little different because there there are some parameters. There's it's it's kind of paramilitary. There's there's dress code. There's it's grooming standards. So you know the grooming standards is kind of hard because when you when, when I read the grooming standard, I'm like, well, damn, um, this is made for a white man to yeah. be groomed this way, right? Yeah. But um, like I can't if I wanted to. Obviously, I don't have hair, but if I wanted to to grow hair, um, which I can't no more. Um, I wouldn't be able to, I wouldn't be able to do that. Wow. Um, I have my ears pierced. I can't have ear piercings at my, at my job. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and these are all things that, that cater to our light skin friends, right? Because yeah. that's how they look when they go to work every day. Absolutely. So when they see something that doesn't look like that, they, they get nervous. Yes. Absolutely. And, and when you get nervous, you, you get what we, what we just had recently in the news with Miss Geiger and, yeah. and, and, uh, Bo, they call him Bo. Bo Jean. Botham Jean. Yeah. Uh, Botham Jean. So, um, and, and that was a tragic situation. I'm glad that, that we got some justice out of that. She got yeah. 10 years. Yeah. Um, she was sentenced to 10 years. Sentenced, yeah. So, hopefully she'll serve that. But, uh, like I said, that's what we get when you see that. Yeah. Uh, when people aren't, you know, well, when our light-skinned friends feel absolutely that, yeah. threatened and yes. or you just are out of place, you know, yeah. got to qualify that. <laughs> yeah. 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 And I don't, and I don't want to sound like I'm just this anti cause I'm not, I'm just, again, black guy therapy. I am being my authentic self and just talking. And these are the things that I think about, yeah. but I'm not able to tell anybody else about. And I, you know, and, and I trust me, man, I understand you want to make sure that people know that cause when you talk hatred, racism, things like that, you're talking about character. So you never want somebody to believe that your character is anything but up to a standard that you try to live every day. So we want to make sure that people know that, hey, my character is not the same as this person's character. But that's one of the things where I think we kind of need to start backing away a little bit is apologizing for being honest. It would be different if we were making up stuff and, you know, these accusations and pointing fingers where no problem exists. We're simply talking about reality, what actually happens. So. I get I get the preface that you just made there, but I, I want us, our culture specifically, uh, and black men, 
because again, it's the, the Black Guy Podcast. Black Guy Therapy, baby. A therapeutic That's why we're podcast. Here. We are a therapeutic <laughs> podcast. We need people to understand that. We do. I want us to to stop doing that. I want us to stop needing feeling the need to preface, hey, I'm you know, I I'm not this way when we're speaking the truth. Right. It'd be right. Di- like I said, it'd be different if we're making something up. But speaking right. the truth, you should never have to preface it. You're right. You're right. And 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 I'm gonna do better at that. I'm gonna do better at that. I'm gonna try to do that at work when I go into work. So I, I'm kind of unique now. I don't I don't have a <clears throat> traditional office anymore. I work from home. My a, I, AWS is what they call it. I don't even know what AWS means. I think it means um, <laughs> hell. I don't know. I don't know what AWS. I think uh, something work schedule, alternative work schedule, maybe. maybe. I don't know. But anyway, um, again, this is this is Black Guy Therapy. Uh, podcast and we are talking about code switching um npr did an article okay on, on code switching they said the top five reasons people code switch uh number one is that our lizard brains take over so an example just you know when we're with a group of people that we know yeah. and then we we're just gonna act like yeah. you know what we know because that's what we know right right um number two is we want to fit in now that one i believe yeah uh, especially going to work every day yes. like if you work in corporate america yeah. any, or any job out you know in the real world you you want to fit in because you don't want to be you know us as black men we don't want to be that the, the big bad black guy or absolutely the big angry black guy yes. all the time well well joe is always upset yeah. you know we don't want to we don't want to appear that way so I think that that's very true. You yeah, think so? I agree. No, I, and, and it's funny that you say that because what's used when they are intimidated or afraid is you're not a good culture fit. Ah, they It's not do. that you're not a good employee. You just don't fit with this culture, with this group. So there may be another department that we could try to work you into or something. I hear this often. Mm. See, when I was training for my job, we were in a group setting. Okay. And I don't know, my my class had, I don't know, 15 people in it. And we were in the training session. And I sat in the front. I didn't talk to anybody. I just sat there minding my own business. When we were on break, I didn't converse with anybody. No fraternizing. I, no fraternizing. <laughs> I was on my, on my cell phone. Because, as a matter of fact, at the time, um, I was I was trading stocks um, in, a, in a big... In, I, I know it's not big now, but BlackBerry. Yeah. BlackBerry had just done something and literally the stock price went from like five dollars a share to like a hundred dollars a share in a matter of minutes and then mm-hmm. it dropped back down. Of course. But I'm I'm focused, right, in my yeah. own little world. Yeah. Now, this went on for a couple of days because I'm trying to watch what's going on and still pay attention to what's going on in class. But the um the, the person in charge of the class told i guess one of the supervisors and they pulled me to the side and they're like well it seems like like there's something wrong here like you just don't like you don't you don't want to be a team player i didn't want to be a team player because i was minding my own business right now there are other people in this class doing their own thing but none of them got this same you know talk but i got this talk yeah and then again i i was one of two uh, black people in the class mm. and that other black person he was a little bit more active with the group versus okay. me gotcha so there you go 
You know what bothers me most about that scenario? Because it's happened to me in other situations where somebody asked, just asked, posed a, a scenario like, hey, you know, what's going on? Because it seems like. Mm-hmm. But you know what nobody, our light-skinned brothers and sisters rarely ever do? Our super light-skinned. Our super light-skinned <laughs> brothers and sisters. What they never seem to do is come to you and say, hey, is everything okay? What's I've going on? never had any Never had that happen. Not, not to say somebody, that maybe somebody's experience has not been mine. Right, mine too. I have had the opposite where automatically there's an accusation attached to the conversation. Hey, what's going on here? Because it seems like or... What I'm hearing is you're not an active participant. You're not willing to share. You're not being a good team player. You're not a good culture fit. It seems like you'd rather be by yourself doing your own thing than being a part of it. I hear that. Mm-hmm. Never had somebody say, hey, is everything okay? What's going on? You know, what, you know, are you, what, what's got your attention? Because it's, you know, for, I'm hearing that, you know, it seems like you got a lot going on. Look on your face like you're, you're heavily involved in something. Is everything okay? I don't get that. I've never. Well, let me let me let me go back. I've gotten that, but I didn't get that. And it's funny. Um, I got that. What I thought was from my first boss of color. Now he wasn't. Uh, a, he wasn't black. He was. He was. Um, he was Mexican. Um, and I got that from him. But I think back, uh, the boss before him, white guy from. Massachusetts, I don't know, Massachusetts or Philly. I don't know. He's from some northern state okay. lawyer, but he understood the plight of the black man. Like, gotcha. He, and he would ask me, hey, are you doing okay? Not even nothing wrong. Just want to make sure, you know, just mm-hmm. checking just in. Just checking in. You know, so here's the thing. We have allies out there on yeah. the other side. Absolutely. Right? Um, do they show their colors all the time? No. So a lot of times our allies will wait until in private, right, because they – Know they want to fit in with they want to, their lizard brain goes on because yes. they got to be over here. Yes, right. Yep. So I don't know. That's that's interesting. That is a good one. But back to this NPR article. Yeah. Number three mm-hmm. was we want to get something. Yes, absolutely. Right. Promotions. Yep. Anything like that. I, I don't know. Maybe you're talking to some chick, some white girl. Like, yeah. <laughs> you no. want something from her? I don't yeah. know. I I agree. I yeah. agree. I, I've I've seen that also where. And, and this is where the code switching comes in, where the way you talk, the way you act. I was in a meeting, uh, and they, I was told by one of the uh, higher leaders that I should have set up a couple of one-on-ones with some of the members of the team. So it, as we're building out some of the stuff that we do in, in, my, in my career path, some of the stuff that we're working on, that I'd have that relationship established. I met with one girl, a uh, woman of color, black girl, and I swear... If I hadn't been sitting there looking her in her face, I would have sworn it was a white girl. Even down to the mannerisms. And I was like, I was thinking to myself, and and I'm going to, I don't really mind ruffling feathers, so I'm going to say this. One of the things, it it reminded me immediately of when I see a stereotypical, and I'm doing the air quotes, gay person. Okay. So when I see a stereotypical gay person, you see a man, what is it about the, the, whether it's from birth or a choice, whatever it is, I'm not here to say I really don't care. But what is it that makes all the, all the men speak the same way? What does it make them walk a certain way? Make them act a certain way? I never thought about it like that. So it was weird because 
it's almost like a template has been made for what a gay man is supposed to look like. And people are trying to fit into that. And I never believe that this is something that's real. Now, there are guys out there that are just regular dudes. And they may prefer to be in the company of a man. I believe that because there's there's not a template that they're fitting into. So when I saw her, I'm like, she saw the template of what she probably thought was successful or beautiful or, or smart or something and tried to imitate it. And I said, wow, there's a template out there that we see, hence the adaptability piece that they talked about in the, in the article. Yep. There's this adaptability piece that we have where we see a template of what we think something is, getting a promotion, all these white guys, white girls are getting these promotions. I need to be like that. So do you think doing. that's learned or do you think that is that are your parents teaching that? Is that something you learn in, in college? Is that Both. high school? Maybe. No. Matter of fact, all. All. Yes. All and I, I think it starts at home, though, because like I said earlier, from an early age, you got to go to college so you can get a good job. Yep. I've always heard that. There was Still never hear that. Yeah. Yeah. There was never a conversation where like, hey, you need to be your authentic self. Regardless, and there are some families who have those conversations, mine now being one of those, but I didn't have that growing up. We came from a pretty impoverished situation, so we were doing the best we could do to make it to the next day. All we wanted to do was be a little bit better than the generation before. So my mom, everything that she was trying to accomplish for us with the three kids, and we it was three kids, my mom, my grandmother, we all lived together. So everything she was doing was trying to make it so that didn't have to be our situation. But unfortunately, I didn't get enough of that. Now, she did a fantastic job of connecting us to the culture. So we had a foundation of what the culture was supposed to be. But there was a separation of the culture and the pursuit of the American dream. Mm. Mm. You need a, you need that. You need, you need that right there. Because you just said something right there. You just said something right there that I think a lot of, of, of black families um, go through. And a lot of, and, and I say a lot of black families, it, it, it actually makes me think of, you know, our, our grandparents. Yeah. My grandparents are, um, bo- both sets are still alive. Thank, thank wow. the Lord. I, I, I love having them because Congrats, they have, yeah. they had, they are a wealth of knowledge, yes. you know, and they lived through some, some pretty interesting times. Um, so, but you, when you talk to them, you listen to what they say. They they give you what you just said. They give you that. Well, you need to do this because you need to do this, but they but they're thinking from well, we had to fit in. Yes, we were just trying to fit in, and, and you put you put two and two together, and you're like, oh man, that's whoo, that's that, that's that's tough right there. It is. That's tough. That's deep. That's deep to me. Yeah. So that is very deep. Let me get back to this article though. Yeah. Number four. Number four. Can you guess what number four is? If I would have guessed, it would have been one of the three that have already been said. Oh, I, you know, I wouldn't even guess what this one is. This one is, we want to say something in secret. Yeah. So a lot of it says that um, people code switch in order to hide in plain sight. Um, mm. So because, and it says because that, that, that tactic often relies on assumptions that can get, get you in trouble. So I, I still don't kind of understand that, actually. Um, it, it sounds like they're talking about a mole. Somebody maybe. who's trying to be a mole to get in 
and and find out the secrets, get the secret sauce, and then bring it back. Maybe I, I don't know. That's that's an interesting way it's phrased. Yeah, because I, I don't really get that. I I I could I could go with the mold theory. Yeah, because I, I like the mold theory. Yeah, I, I, you know I hope. <laughs> I hope there are, are, are many plants, little plants out <laughs> yep. in in corporate America and, mm-hmm. and government and, and everything that, that are working behind the scenes that um, that people don't see uh, trying to make it better for those who, you know, are behind them. So, so I, and I, before we get to number five, I want to say this, too, because I thought this was interesting. At, at my job. There was a woman that was made to be the executive over our diversity and, and inclusion group black woman and it was interesting because she's the only executive of color who's black or of color i don't know if she's black or not yeah she's black you said you might have said black i I think i said of color yeah well black whatever she's she's of color she's dark skin (laughs) she's darker than the light skin darker than the light skin people we talk about and i was like man that's crazy they checked off two boxes at once and it just so happens to be the diversity and inclusion group it's not the IT or the enterprise or the operations or, or you, you know what I mean? Oh yeah. These oh, ones yeah. that are more front facing. Yeah. We're going to go ahead and check the box. This is a box. And it's funny because uh, one of the young ladies that's a part of that group, uh, we have a Toastmasters group and I will not say another business's name cause we're not giving free plugs. No man. But uh, we have a group that gets together and uh, after the class, we are kind of just talking about some of the things around one of the programs we have for black employees. And uh, she was saying, you know, it's crazy now because they're going to make it uh, almost a metric that every team has to have a certain amount of of diversity. So we're not just talking about color. We're not talking about man, woman, gay, straight, you know, whatever your preference in life is. They want to have a metric that says we are diverse for each team. And I'm like, man, so coming back to the mold thing, it makes me think. What if a lot of these people are just putting on just to because they know that it, it fits the time, it fits the agenda of, yeah. of whatever yeah. to be a part of this. And I'm going to use this to move ahead. So the same thing can be said with the black. that's why I said maybe it's the mold thing. Maybe it's like, all right, I know that the girls that act this way, hey, they're getting ahead. So right. I'm going to act this way, too, and see what happens. Right, right. And maybe that's it. Obviously, we don't we don't, we don't know, know the answer mm-hmm. and we're not going to say that we know the answer because yep. that ain't how we operate right so we, we'll pose the question maybe that's what it is we don't know we'll let you draw your own conclusion yeah. um and uh again i got this article from npr it's called five reasons why people code switch and it's an older article but a quick google search you can you can get that now Number five. And again, let me go ahead and say this one more time. This is uh, Black Guy Therapy, and I'm Todd, and this is Joel here with me. And we are a therapeutic podcast for, um, you know, our our brothers of color because we saying things that that they that they think, but they're not able to say in 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 real life. But uh, right now we're talking about five reasons why people code switch. So we have gotten to number five, number five. Number five. Okay. Now, number five, I'm looking at this one. I I, I could see this one. This, okay. I, I feel like this one could have been number number two. Okay. Okay. Um, this one, it says, it helps us to convey a thought. Say more. So, you know, and I'll use my example because, because I work with some people where I have to, I have to do this. Mm-hmm. So, 
as a black man, I could be like, well, no, I'll use a movie example. This, this may be better. You ever seen the movie Glory Road? No. All right, so Glory Road is 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 a historical movie about uh, Texas El Paso. Or it wasn't Texas El Paso then; it was Texas Western. Okay. Um, but University Texas Western, they were like the first black or the first team in the NCAA to start five black guys okay. in the middle of the sixties. Yeah. <laughs> so that was, and they won the national championship that year. Started five black guys, played only two black subs. They had seven black guys on team. Started five blacks, sub two blacks. That was it. Championship. Championship. Um, but anyway, there's a part in the movie where one of the white guys, who's I think he's from he was from Nebraska or something, and he's hanging out with with the black kids on the team, and they say, "Man, that's that's bad." And he's like, "What do you mean? It's not bad." He's like, "No, no, 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 no." It's bad, but bad it's means good. good. So <laughs> gotcha. they were trying to help convey the thought like, man, this is bad, right? But bad means good. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm the, with you, you have to like convey the thought in, in a I would say in a language that they that they understand. Yeah. So that that's my interpretation of it. You can take it. No, that's good. However that's, you want. That's, it's kind of like adapting to the vernacular. Yeah. So there, there are certain colloquialisms that we as black people use, bad being one of them, yeah. or crazy, or stupid, yeah. or dumb. Yeah. You know, there's, they just have multiple meanings, but you know, if you're not ingrained in the culture, you wouldn't understand that. Yeah, I can see that. So in order to express a point where people understand it, you pick up on how they would deliver the message in yeah, and, I, and the article says many people switch languages or employ colloquial, ugh, colloquialisms, I hate that word, but um, to express particular ideas. Gotcha. So I think I, I think I described the situation and then you, you know, brought us back around. Yeah, okay. Okay. So, yep, that makes, and, and you know what, I'll say of the five, that's the only one that I think the term code switching, because it carries a negative connotation. It does. That's the only one that doesn't fit in that negative connotation because that's true. I mean, if you want to express a point to somebody, sometimes you got to be able to speak to the person. It's just like if I go speak at a college versus if I'm speaking to somebody who's homeless. Right. They may not understand the same conversation. So you also have to be adaptable in that. And this is one thing I will say, just taking a, a quick detour right here on that adaptability that we have. That is one of our greatest and worst qualities as a culture is being adaptable. Because we adapt to mistreatment. Mm -hmm. But we adapt to our environment, meaning I can go into a room right now, read the room, still be myself, and win that room over. Or I can go in there, code switch, and win that room over. You know, it's, it's just yeah. it's this weird adaptability thing that we have. Uh, and the only time it becomes a problem is when you compromise your integrity. And it's sad. Do we really need to do that? You I don't, know, do we really have to do that? I don't think so. Why do we do that? I mean, we do it because historically, and like I was talking about earlier with, with our older, our, our, or they're not our ancestors, our ancestors are gone, but yeah. our older generation, yeah. um, our elders, mm -hmm. they're our elders, not our ancestors. Yes. So our elders, because that's what they had to do. And I yeah. feel, you know, they say that um, things like that are passed down through DNA. Yes. And, and, and I agree. And we're probably, it's probably in our DNA somewhere. I agree. I so. mean, I mean, think about it. You, 
and we've had this conversation a little bit before, but you know, to everybody listening, I'll, I'll kind of share it with them. I said, PTSD is a real thing. Everybody knows that. And this is from doing one, maybe two, maybe three tours of active duty in a combat situation. That's primarily how PTSD is formed. Right. What happens when you're fighting a war for 400 years, but it's not just you, it's you're fighting the war, you die, then your son's fighting the war, he dies, his son's fighting the war, they die. And it's this continual war that's happening that you're fighting. You can't tell me that that post-traumatic, because post means after. Yeah, we so, haven't reached the after point. We haven't reached the after point. We're I mean, still, we still in live the war. With our Hitler, right? Yes, sir. So if we're still in the middle of it, then why would we not still maintain some of the habits from the past of the adaptability? Uh, I know I got to be quiet because if I don't, master going to do this, or right. or you know I, I might die if if I read this book. Right. I might die. So we it's like if I, if I do this, I'm going to lose my job. But yep. I know, but so-and-so just did it. Yep. J- little Johnny did it. But Absolutely. if I do it, yes. I may lose my job. They may not, I, I may not fit in culturally yep. with this, the team culture. <laughs> and we know it. That's the bad part to say, I can't, I can't. So one of the things my mom always told me growing up, whatever you do, you have to be two to three times better than the competition, specifically speaking to white, light America. White light America. White light America. <laughs> because you're already, the eight ball is already up against you. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. every every card in the deck is stacked against you. All of them. So you've got to be two or three times better. So in my mind, as I'm an adult, I'm thinking like, man, I wonder if the way I manifested that in my life was, if I've got to be three times better, that means naturally they're three times better. Hmm. You get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. So because of that, now the way I interact is impacted. Right. If I already think somebody's potentially smarter than me because I have to be so perfect just to be on their level, that's that messaging that we talked about. And, and you know your parents didn't mean any harm because they saw the, the version from their perspective and all they want is for you to have a different perspective and right. a different experience. But our parents didn't do us a great service in certain instances and our grandparents Likewise, right. you know they love you, know they want the best for you. But, but that's what they know. That's what they know. Yeah, like that's you said. what they know. Yeah. So you can't, I mean, I I would never get mad at my grandparents for, Absolutely for telling me, I'm like, well, no, I, I can do it this way. I don't I don't need them over there when I can do it just like this yes. over here, right? The internet wasn't a thing. Right. The internet was not a thing. <laughs> you know? So, and that's, I, I appreciate the internet because I feel like people are more conscious of reality at this point than they've ever been. The problem with that is people are choosing to put that reality to the side and allowing all the fake to be the most important priority thing, even to the music. I, I laugh about it, but I remember when the whole Lil Wayne and baby thing happened, when people really started talking about, oh, they kissed each other in the mouth. It's mm-hmm. weird. And I was like, you know, no neighborhood that I know that I grew up in or around thought this was okay. So right. now you're telling me that it's okay for thugs, hood dudes, killers, goons to kiss in the mouth and, and it's a show of affection. And that when did that become a thing? But suddenly they made it okay because the people still rocked. And it was like overnight, right? Now, yeah. there, now there was some uproar about it, it was, but it seemed course. like overnight they just, mm, you know, just changed 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 the game yeah. essentially they changed the game so yeah. so it's just it's just weird when you think about 
historically how things change generation over generation, what's acceptable now versus wasn't what wasn't then. And, and it's kind of weird because, you know, I haven't been alive that long, but I've been alive long enough to see some pretty significant changes in the culture. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, man, my kids, if they have kids, what is that going to be like? Right, 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 right. So I know we've talked about code switching in in corporate America, mm-hmm. but let's—I I say corporate America. Let's just say working America, yeah. right? What about? And this is just a question that I have. Do you do you see us having to? Do you see us having to code switch, doing other things in our daily life? For example, if I want to rent an apartment do i need to act a certain way when i go in there and fill out my application (laughs) or can i be my authentic self good call think about that good call now i mean historically we 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 would have had to do a bunch of different things right and you got i mean that's a whole nother issue redlining and all that extra and that that had some code switch action going on in there too but do you think like right now in 2019 we we still have to do that in in our daily in our daily life now we outside of work we now we at home we out in the world now we screw screw the american work life right now we're we're at home we're in our element yeah do we still (laughs) have to be that do even going to the grocery store do we still have to be that going anywhere yeah Outside of our four walls, do we still have to be that now? That's a heavy question. It is a heavy question. question. Um, The answer is we don't have to. But should we? The reality is we do. Now, should we? I don't know. I, (laughs) I don't know. Let me say it this way. I don't think we should. But we have to also qualify. I'm going to qualify my reason for saying this. Okay. When I think about my kids right now, and when they're old enough to be renters or or purchasers of a home, what I hope that I've put in them is enough character that who you are as your authentic self is still a good person. Okay. See, and I think when we as a culture tend to think about being ourselves, it means it, it, that also carries somewhat of a negative connotation. It means most people, when the stereotypes come in, loud, obnoxious, rude, doesn't really care about impacting other people, you know, it's all about me. That's not necessarily who all of us are. So even right now, while I, I, I believe I believe, because it's my goal to be this. I believe that my character, who I am right now, doesn't have to change. That's what I believe. But when you say stuff like go to an apartment complex or the grocery store, this is something that I think about. I think about anytime I walk by a white, older white woman, older light woman, do I look threatening to her? And I'm like, man, I don't I hope I don't look threatening to this old lady because I don't I don't want her. You know, right, I, I, right, you know I, I, I have no ill will towards her, but she's probably nervous. And that's something that I consider. So to your point, I think subconsciously we do it. 
Oh, I know. Look, I know 100. I, I went to the grocery store today. Okay. okay. Let me tell you, I went to the grocery store today and I was walking by a white man and I, I, I cut my eyes away from him. Now, think about that. Now, in in the freaking segregated South, mm-hmm. you, that's what you, you did. had to do. You had to cut your eyes away from yeah. a white man. You had to look down. Right. Or else. And, yeah. you know, I didn't I didn't learn that. I mean, I grew up in the 90s. Right. Yep. But I, I'm not used to that. But still subconsciously I cut my eyes away and I caught myself doing, I was like, damn, I just cut my eyes away from this man. I don't know this man. He don't yeah. know me like this ain't, yeah. but you know, wow. that's why, I, that's why I asked that question. Cause it, I, I thought about that today when yeah. I was in the grocery store. Yeah. No, that's so. a good one. Cause it, cause so again, should we, we shouldn't, no, we do shouldn't. we have to, no, we don't. Do we do it? Hell Absolutely. Yeah. Hell yeah. Absolutely. We always do. And, and that's why I, I think where it sounds like, and I hope, Stop me if I'm jumping too far ahead because I feel like I, I know where you're going. One of the things I think we need to stop doing as a culture is begging for inclusion. I think we need to stop hoping that one day somebody will like us. It's, it's, it's like that, that younger brother who's right. begging to just go hang out and be accepted with the older brother and his friends. And the older brother's like, dude, you will never be on my level. We'll never be cool like that. Right. Stay, when you stay with your people, your friends, and I'm going to hang with my friends. And you chase Big Brother for so long, and Big Brother do you wrong. No, stay here. Don't, man. You whack. You're lame. Stay here. You're getting on my nerves. That's the same type of treatment that we're receiving. And every time we're, we're fighting for some type of inequality somewhere, the equality is not, hey, leave us alone. The equality is, hey, can we be just like you? So when I think about even like the kids with the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts, yeah. equality means... That if a girl wants to be a Boy Scout, she can, and a boy wants to be a Girl Scout. To me, that's weird. That's begging for inclusion in a place where that's not really who you are. I, I, I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. Um, I had something I was going to say. I, th- I thought it was a good point, but now I don't even remember what I was going to say. Oh, you were going to plug it. You're I was going to say, you know... Martin Luther King said, I, I, I fear that I've integrated my people into a burning house. Yeah. I mean, we're literally, I, I feel like this is a burning house. Yeah. And, you know, we're just trying to navigate through this burning house. But it, and, it, and you know, it almost seems as if now, uh, you know, the house is burning and our light white counterparts have gotten out of the house yep. and started building their own houses. Absolutely. And bringing all their people back to, the, to those houses and leaving us in the burning house. I now, I, now here's the thing. I don't think that that you know we don't need them to do anything. We we are very efficient people, mm-hmm. right? We we can we can prove that we we our our people built freaking empires, yes. right? Yes. We mathematics came from us, yeah. like, and well, that's what they say. Now I don't want to say you know, but still, mathematics came from us, like yeah. other empires. We we built money, all that stuff. Those are people, yeah, right? Yeah, so. It, but it seems like all again, like white counterparts. So like, you can stay in this house, but I'm gonna go build my own house out here. And using our area for an example, you know, right over the county line here, it's predominantly white, yeah. right? All those people who lived on this side moved literally to that side, and now they have the best schools and they yeah. have the best everything. But the best schools, but it's like they're always white, right? Yeah. So it's. I don't know. No, I agree. Uh, 
And to, to kind of go back to the whole playing the game, one of the most infuriating things that happened for me as an adult that paid attention to, because I, 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 for a while I really paid attention to politics because I wanted to understand what was going on and, and if I was doing myself a disservice by choosing to steer clear of it. Mm-hmm. And there was a story, not a story, but a situation that took place. Henry Louis Gates Jr. was one of Barack Obama's former Harvard classmates. So they had a relationship. I don't know if they're like best friends or good friends. I, I don't know, but they were definitely friends. They had a relationship. Uh, Mr. Gates locked himself out of his home on accident, attempting to get back in through a window. His neighbors called the police on him. Now, there's a couple of things wrong with that. Number one, they didn't come try to help him. Number two, they didn't call a locksmith, which is part of number one. Number three, they had to see him and know who he was if they were neighbors. Right. So it lets me know that's just how despicable that situation was that he decided he wanted to be a part of. That's another topic. After this becomes national news and, and Henry Louis Gates, this educated man of color, gets on television, and he's speaking out, letting people know what happened. His friend, his, his associate, Barack Obama, gets on TV and says, the police officer, and I'll never forget the verbiage because I thought he did it on purpose. He said those police officers acted or responded stupidly. He never made a direct connection saying that they were stupid. Mm-hmm. But that became national news. And why it pisses me off is they had those white police officers over to the White House. They were out on the lawn drinking beers, talking about uh, racial inequities and trying to become a little bit more uh, uh, aware and conscious. And, and I'm, I'm assuming, because they didn't release all the details of the conversation, but that, hey, you know, poor white people, we get treated badly too. Why this ties into the playing the game is because I felt like that's what Obama had to do. But then you have your current president who is unfiltered, uh, unbothered. He said bullshit today on Twitter. Did you see that? I did not. He said this is all bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sure it is. So I guess that word is now mainstream. You can now say pussy and you can now say bullshit. Yes. And it's okay. Because your president said it. <laughs> And, and that's my point. There's a clear and defined line of what can be done by our light counterparts versus us. And everybody celebrated Obama so hard. And, and I'm, I'm, I'm not even, I'm frustrated by some of the things that happened on his watch. But my beef is not really with him, the man. My beef is that message that he sent to the rest of the generations behind him. Yeah, he presented this image of, a father, a husband, it looked like this great family. That's what it looked like. So it, it gave us that Claire and Phil Huxtable. I'm sorry, Bill, or... Uh, 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 the Huxtable family. The Huxtable. So that was that was Bill Cosby. Um, but I don't remember. Cliff. Was that his name? Cliff, Cliff Huxtable. Heathcliff. Cliff, Cliff Huxtable. Huxtable. Yeah, so they gave us the, the Claire and Cliff vision. Modern. In a modern, you know, we're talking about 2004, 2008? It's not that long ago. So you're like, man, there's still black families out there that couples are together. They have kids. Kids ain't out here crazy. Presented this image, but at the same time, presented this submissive image of my bad. I messed up. Let me show the world that. But what he said was right. Yeah. They didn't ask Mr. Gates what was going. They immediately put him in the car. So it, playing the game for me 
is a challenge because when other people are looking at you, what are they seeing? You know, and what because especially if they see me being successful, now they feel like they have to recreate my path to do that. And I feel like that's one of the things where Obama kind of failed us in our in our culture. I feel like he failed, especially us men, because you think back to buck breaking. You know, you got these strong African men, and these white men are beating them, killing them, raping them in front of their kids, in front of the other men and women, doing all this just to establish a level of dominance. And we saw that exact same thing happen on the White House lawn. But nobody says it that way, but that's exactly what it was. That's an interesting perspective. I never, you know, I never thought about it like that. So, um, wow. Right. I'll give you another one. <laughs> I'll give another one of those today. We are on top of this today. Fire. <laughs> oh man! So we are running out of time. So okay. with the with the little time that we do have left, let's just kind of. What's on your mind? Is there anything in in current events or anything like that that's on your mind? You know, I, I do want to issue out a challenge. Okay. To, to all of my folks. Uh, all of my people of color, I want us to do two things. One, try your best to patronize at least one black business, one a week, at least. And, and we're not talking about somewhere that you've been before, but try to find, like put, do the due diligence, find a, a black owned business and try to patronize, number one. Number two, and this is something you and I talked about, uh, and, and I was so glad when I heard you say it, but Spend some time, and this is difficult for some people because they don't know how to do it. And and I I've maybe one of the one of our episodes we can actually talk about meditation. But spend some time in meditation, speaking to your ancestors. Oh yeah, I do that all the time. That is that is something that I do daily. Yeah, I I, I don't think people realize the power that comes from that. And people think that there's going to be this mystical magical mythical moment that takes place where nah. you kind of lift it up off the ground. Nah. That's not the point. Nah, not at all. The point is you understand that there's power in your heritage and you call on that power. And oh man, it's just it's, it's something about being able to connect to something. And the sad truth is in America, 2019, when we talk about racial issues and history, where do we normally start? Who are the figures we start with? Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King. Uh, 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 run the what's her name? Sojourner or Harriet? I'll go say Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman, um, and Frederick Douglass. Frederick Douglass, Booker T. W. E. B. That's where we start. Those were slaves. They were. Isn't that interesting? Who talks about the kings and queens from our history? Mansa Musa. Mansa. <laughs> Hannibal. Uh, Shaka. What's the lady's name? I cannot think of her name right now. Oh, I can't think of her name. I'm gonna come back to that. We'll talk about that. Okay. That'll be another topic. Yeah. But you know what? And and since this is our our popcorn time before our time runs out here, um, you said you know patronizing black business. I that is, I'm awful with that. I I try to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, there's something I was reading, um, some words that. Uh, one of our Black Panthers said, um, "Oh, what is his name? Fred, Fred, Fred Hampton. Fred Hampton. Fred Hampton. Hampton. Fred Hampton said we he said we can patronize all the black businesses we want, but uh, we not gonna we not gonna fight the system. 
He said the only way to fight, you know, he said we can't fight capitalism with black capitalism. He said we have to fight capitalism with socialism. And that's something we can talk about later because that's, that, that's, that, that, that's something that's we could probably one. talk an hour about. Absolutely. So we'll, we'll talk about that, but that just came to mind. I want to make sure that, that yeah. maybe we, I want to get that on the record yeah, and then maybe we can come back to that at another date. I like that. And, so, and then the flip to that is when you're patronizing, why are you patronizing that black business? Are you doing it just to kind of keep the money in the community or are you trying to build that community? Because one thing we don't do is trust each other. So. We do not, and that's—I mean—that's—that's—that's that's, that's historical. Yeah. The, the white man broke us down. Yes, he did. And my ice is colder than yours. Yep. And, you know that—that's—that's that's a whole another, another game, another topic there. Well, guys, we have run out of time again. This is Black Guy Therapy. We are a therapeutic podcast, and I am Todd, and I got Joel here with me, and. Yeah. We are your, I don't even know what we are to you right now. Maybe we're, we're like, I don't know. We're something. We're something. We're something, we're, we're something. different. We're something, something special. Di- oh, yeah, I like it. We're something different, and we're here for you. Uh, again, we're a therapeutic podcast, and we're going to come to you every week. And, you know, we're going to give you a, a different topic every week. Um, yeah. And we're going to give you some things to think about at the end. We'll try to give you homework at the end also. Yeah. So, uh, again, Black Guy Therapy. You got anything where we fade to black? Channel your ancestors. Talk to them. They'll talk back. They sure will. I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Sit in a dark room and and you don't have to go hmm, 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 but just clear your mind and, and you'll be surprised what, what happens. So again, this is Black Guy Therapy and we'll let the music play and we out. We out. Peace.